And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 5, Episode 18, Point of No Return. I'm Chris Barrows. And my name's Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural podcast on the air. Chris, this is, uh, this is a good episode that we have here today. It's very different from the last two, I will say. Um, we're getting back to Zachariah, who, you know, let me just start with this, Chris. We've said this uh, before, but Zachariah, man. Is he not a top five villain in Supernatural period? Like, I know he's an angel, and a lot of people think angels are the good guys. And I think they're right. In the grand scheme of the show, the angels, for for better parts of the show, are the better of the two, right? If I'm comparing Heaven and Hell, Chris. But Zachariah, that dude, whatever that actor's name is, I don't have it in front of me, Chris. He is one hell of an actor. I know he's been in other things, but just like he exudes this charisma about him and when he gets angry when his character gets angry he is explosive and he is terrifying and this episode he has never been angrier and i just wanted to start with that because you actually put that into my mind that zachariah dude like he's a really great villain underrated i would say he's a top five villain for me uh i think he's frightening even when he show anytime he shows up you know he's up to no good mm. and even when he's quote unquote good you get a bad feeling about him so i think he delivers in a big way um and he's consistent because when you think about a character i'll just say like lucifer who's goes through ups and downs and he gets a little watered down at times you still give him an, a, a high ranking and an overall ranking that's extremely high but you could argue that zachariah if you look at the cumulative work of that villain is a better villain. And I'm not suggesting he's a better villain than Lucifer or more important per se, but was he better overall? If you look at every aspect of the character, and I think you can make a fair argument there. I'm not trying to say he is, you know, more important to the show, but was he a better villain? Hmm, could be. I mean, Lucifer <laughs> and, and there's other characters you compare it to, but I think it, it's a good way to think about these actors. You look at his arc, hell of an arc for Zachariah. Um, but in this one, by the way, Point of Return aired on April 15th, 2010. It's an IMDb reading, rating of 8.9. So high, high. Nice. Give it the nine. For God's sake, this is so good. Um, and Zachariah's got a new plan. But let's just say not everything is going to plan for the boys right now, nor Zachariah. So uh, it, it, the shit is going to hit the literal fan in this episode and it sets up really what is that final set of episodes that is going to drive home our story yeah yeah where should we start chris should we start with dean because i think dean's story here is kind of a lead-in right we started with 99 problems and that episode ended with dean killing the whore of babylon and that's relevant because castiel said the only person that can kill her has to be a servant of heaven, right? And we thought it would be her her father, I'm using air quotes, um, because she inhabited the actual body of, of the pastor's daughter, right? Um, but Dean gets a chance, he grabs a stake, and he's able to kill her, right? And so Sam, uh, correct in his assumptions, says, Dean, you're not going to do something stupid, right? Because if Dean is able to kill her at Babylon, that means, that implies that he is a servant of heaven, and therefore might actually say yes to Michael, right? So we're transitioning from that episode into this one, Chris. And Dean is packing his bags. And he's got all, all of his belongings together. He's, he's ready to say yes. And Sam's like, what are you doing? You know? And 
for Dean, it's like, hey, Sam, like you've been running away your whole life. What's wrong with me running away? Right. All of your best memories in heaven were of you running away. Like, is it so wrong that I just go and run away and do this thing? And Sam goes, I brought help. And Castiel shows up. Not drunk this time, Chris. He's actually taking care of himself. He is sober today, which is a, a nice refresh from my last episode. But ultimately, they go to Bobby's house and uh, they're hoping that Bobby can convince Dean that he's crazy. That what are you doing, dude? You can't just go say yes to Michael. You know, the angels can't be trusted. Right. So that's where we are with Dean. And he's emotional, man, because Bobby gives him this really heartfelt speech about, hey, I don't have legs. You know how many times I've almost killed myself? Like suicide's a very serious conversation in this episode and i don't i don't mention it lightly but bobby gives a great performance um and and dean says why are you doing this you're not my father and i went oh i put my my hands to my head chris and i wrote oh dean does not just say that because that's really like the lowest card that you can pull uh but anyway it seemed like an intervention for dean and that's where we start our journey and i think it's important to start with that because Throughout the episode, Dean is once again going to have to learn the lesson that you can't act on emotion. You have to control yourself because the greater good does not it doesn't revolve around you. Right. And so that's that's where our story begins. And I thought it was a great start, Chris. It's a great start. And we are going to see the panic room again. I always love the how the panic room really is its own character in this season. Yeah, it's so critical to the plot and Sam or Dean have been both forced to spend time in here now because Dean will get kept in here basically to keep him from finding Michael. Um, and, and the other interesting in this is Castiel gets a vision. So when he gets this vision about something it just disappears and he basically goes, appears in Minnesota, he's attacked and then ultimately kills his attackers, which are other angels. And he pulls the body of Adam out of the ground. And here's Adam alive again. Right. And so now Adam is back. We've seen Adam before, but it was not the same Adam. So it's a reintroduction to his brothers for Adam. And let me just tell you, um, it's fascinating to see how much resentment or not caring, I would say, Adam has for Sam and Dean. Like, who are you guys? I don't, I don't care. Um, whenever we see this, like, it's great because Sam and Dean get to say, you know, we're all brothers. And he's like, you're not my brother. Yeah. And he says about his dad, he came and took me to a game. Who cares? I, I mean, it's a very different story than what we got from fake Adam. Mm. And that's, it, it, it's, it makes, I have to imagine Dean and Sam a little less jealous, right? Yeah, because his dad spent all really the time with them, but it's it's just it's dark. And again, Adam has Enochian symbols built into the uh, burned into his ribs. So ultimately, the fact that he's been resurrected, we now know they've got an alternate plan. It ain't Dean anymore. They found an alternative, and they brought someone back to do it. They thought Dean was the one. That's what the story was, but they're going to mm -hmm. change the story. They don't care about God's story in this in this case. No, they don't. And that really pisses Sam off, too. He's like, what do you mean they have a plan B? I thought this was fate, right? Because Sam's supposed to say yes to Lucifer. So he's like, well, if Dean doesn't actually have to do this, do I have to do this? It was very confusing for Sam. Um, but back to Adam, Chris. I thought his backstory was so fucking sad, dude. 
yes, Sam and Dean were dropped off for weeks at a time with a random woman that worked at a diner while John went and fought a monster, right? Like, yes, they had a shitty childhood. But what Adam describes is even sadder, dude. Basically, his mom had to work to get food on their table, but he was alone. He didn't have a brother, right? He had to cook SpaghettiOs on a stove when he was five years old by himself, right? Like, his story was really sad. And I think it humbled the boys in a way to say this whole family shtick that we have going on, like just because we're blood doesn't mean I have to listen to what you say. That's kind of refreshing, Chris. I thought it was them kind of poking fun at themselves, um, poking fun at the fast uh, franchise, if I may. Um, But yeah, can I just also uh, praise the actor of Adam? I'm very bad with actor names, Chris. I don't have it in front of me, but I thought he was fantastic. He has such a rhythm to his performance that I was really, I really believed him when he was giving that story and his whole like screw you attitude especially towards dean was really like compelling and he, he's very magnetic uh it, i haven't i haven't seen him in anything else chris but i thought he was really great as adam especially in this season it makes you feel so annoyed when you think about how they could have used him yes and then even when they do bring him back how he has an attitude that makes you feel like, oh, he's a Winchester. Totally. But he's different than Sam and Dean. In a good Uh, way. In a good way. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I I just think he definitely, you got a Winchester vibe, but it it wasn't, it it was a weird, weird's not the word. It's definitely a different take than a Sam or a Dean would have, but you still got that vibe. And it does also make you, once again, I think this first five seasons, in a way it's, Maybe it's the, I don't know if it's the final time, but maybe it's a final evaluation that you can make of his dad and say, how good of a dad was he? Who was he really a better dad too? Right. And it's a, it's a fun debate that you can kind of have there because coming in and take him to a baseball game, who cares? Like it, it, it wasn't the same thing. He was there for the boys keeping alive. Adam didn't even know about this stuff and got killed and he remembers it. Like right. that's the thing he talks about. Yeah. I remember it. Mm-hmm. I, if I had known, I would have been, you know, I would be able to, protect myself no i didn't know about this stuff because i didn't get taught not like you guys so yeah we're blood but that doesn't make us brothers it's not the same thing um you know it's really fantastic and you've got sam trying now i think he's really interested what jared's role in this episode and sam is he's trying to keep dean there but he's also trying to stop adam from leaving like he's trying to keep two brothers now yeah from leaving bobby's house and i love it the just the juxtaposition that he's been put in he's got a brother he didn't really know trying to keep there and then he's got dean who they got to lock up in a room realistically maybe they both should have been locked up for us to have some brotherly conversation but man it, it's fascinating they take two different approaches with each of them um and, and that's the end interesting thing to me but in the panic room something happens i i I, I, there will be a scene and I'll get into Zachary and Adam, but there is something in the pack room that I want to make note of here. Dean does say he thinks Sam will say yes to Lucifer and he'll have to fight him. He will say this at one point. In the meantime, we also know because of this episode that basically Adam has been told he'll get his mom back if he says yes. So deals and offers are being made all around the word yes. The theme of this episode is yes. What is the power of yes? The power of yes for everybody is very different. 
And Sam ultimately is, I think, like you said, left to question, do I have to say yes? Like, I think I have to. I think this is what I meant to long-term do, but do I have to? Everyone is thinking about that question of yes. Do I say it? So it's really interesting. Like, you could have called this episode yes, quite frankly, and it would have <laughs> worked as a title. Yeah. Speaking of that, Chris, I have a hunch, and I didn't mention this on our last episode, 99 Problems, because I thought it'd be more appropriate to, to tell you here. In our last episode, Dean doesn't really care to beat the Whore of Babylon. In fact, he doesn't care to save the town, which is very un-Dean Winchester of him, right? Dean is always about saving the little guy. Uh, he's a protector by nature, right? We talk about this. Recently, though, Dean has been deemed broken, right? That is still the case. We haven't had a reason to believe he is not broken. Sam realizes this in the episode 99 Problems, and he's really beat up by that. And he says, you know, like, you of all people can't say you give up because I'm committed to stopping this apocalypse. And Sam looks at Dean and he says, I, you can't tell me you give up because if you give up, that means I can't do what I have to do. And he's going to say that again in this episode, Chris. Basically, he looks at Dean and he says, man, like, how are you of all people going to give up on me? And it's a really kind of a sad uh, dialogue because I just get the sense, Chris, and maybe this is me being a big fan of Jared's acting abilities now. God, how, how has that changed? <laughs> that shifted, yeah. <laughs> it really shifted. But But in Jared's face, I read that like, Sam basically tells Dean he's committed to stopping the apocalypse, but he can't do it without Dean. Like for Sam to even say that without having a plan, it's just not Sam. Sam would not make that proclamation unless he actually had something like sort of behind him to fill in that gap. You know what I mean? I personally think Sam has already decided that he is going to say yes. He just needs to figure out how to do it his way. So now that we have Dean about to say yes to Michael, well, that's going to screw everything else up for Sam. So it, it really is like a wrench in Sam's plan. Sam wants to say yes to Lucifer, but he doesn't want Dean to say yes to Michael because then there's no possible way that they can win, right? It's got to be just one of them. But in Sam's case, he thinks he's powerful enough to say yes to Lucifer and somehow win. I don't believe Sam knows how he's going to do that yet, but I believe that he believes. And I really do think that by this episode, Sam has that intention. Um so when Dean eventually puts that symbol on the wall and, and, you know, gets rid of Cass and escapes, I mean, that that really is like a huge knock on uh, on Sam's plan. I really love the scene moving forward, Chris, where Dean escapes. He's looking for anybody, right, to tell Michael yes. Because it's not that simple. You can't tell Castiel to tell Michael to come down, right? He needs like some sort of connection to Michael. So he finds a preacher. And he's urging this preacher, please, like, send a prayer. Tell the angels Dean Winchester is here. And out of nowhere, Castiel shows up and, like, beats the living shit out of Dean. It's my favorite scene of the episode, Chris, because it reminds me that Castiel isn't just an ordinary angel, right? He's not a cherub like Cupid. In fact, Castiel was a combat angel. He talks about that last season. So, like, to see him sort of unleash his wrath on Dean, I thought was really, really cool. Because up until now, they've been buds. But now Castiel's like, I was banished from heaven for you to be a little weasel and say yes. Like, how dare you? Like, I am no longer. Well, it takes you back to the first time Castiel shows up and he's just tossing people around the room. Yes, it's exactly. Just, you're reminded of that, uh, that who Castiel is. And I think it's important for Castiel because this is where Castiel's like, no, screw this. 
Like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Yeah. And I'm freaking Castiel. I'm an angel of heaven. And I have power. And I don't work for you. Right. And he's pissed. He's like, I rebelled for this, really. I rebelled for you to take the easy way out and say yes to Michael. Hell no. Right. So he beats the shit out of him. He brings him back to the house. And they they agree to go save their brother, right? Dean, when, I think once Dean realizes, Chris, that Adam has also already said yes, that he has this guilt now because it was supposed to be him and now he has to save the one in his place. I really do think it was guilt that was driving Dean to go do the right thing. But regardless, he agrees to do the right thing and they go to the green room, which is in Van Nuys, California. And we've seen this room before, Chris. Dean's actually been in it. But I thought it was interesting that they put it in a real place that the boys could drive to kind of plot armor but in a way it's also like very funny and accessible that they put this in a random spot in california um i really do love uh the set design there it is called the green room i think it's also called the dream room if i'm not mistaken um kripke has a couple of different names for it but anyway when we're in there basically adam is told that hey uh you're not the chosen one and you were lied to by zachariah you're just bait we, we actually want your brother. Sorry. And he's so pissed off by that. And for good reason, Adam has only ever been a decoy, Chris. And like you said, it's really sad that he never got a story outside of this because I think the actor is a really incredible actor and he plays a Winchester very well. You're right. There's something very, uh, there's something, well, for lack of a better word, Chris, there's something very Winchester about him. Yeah. So it, it really is a shame that like this was possibly his best performance. I think this might be my favorite Adam episode. Um, it, it well, okay. and it's the only real Adam episode outside of later seasons. So, it, right. certainly, by the way, Van Nuys is in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles, so it is in the city of angels. So, I totally you know, missed that. Appropriate that Great reference that that is where it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, first, let me just note by the way that Adam uh, got taken there because he reveals his location for dreams again. Angels in our dreams creepy if mm -hmm. we think about that they can just come into our dreams take us places not sure i like that uh just gonna note that but when they do go to do this and save him castiel defeats a bunch of angels five i believe and then sam and dean go to rescue him and dean then says i'm gonna say yes but it's not real he's got some stipulations and i love it because he goes my one stipulation is you're gone you're smited basically yeah because that cry is like Wait a minute, what? It's such a moment when you see it on his face and then he stabs him through the mouth. Like, it, it, it is Zachariah, and I want to do a MRM, you know, in, in memory here of Zachariah because he is a top, I would argue, if you're looking at just their arc. Arc alone, not longevity of the show, not trying to think of every meaningful thing they ever did, but the actual specific arc that they had, one of the top three written villains, potentially. He is a villain because when it comes down to it, our protagonists are Sam and Dean, and he's an antagonist. Therefore, he's the villain. So top three antagonist, I will say. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what a way to go. They do go to escape. Though. They don't get out with Adam. And it's tragic. Yeah. They've lost another Winchester. It does force a decision. And this is where they decide, all right, screw this. We're fighting. 
Dean says he's going to fight. Castiel's back and ready to fight. Sam, at this point, you have to think he's like, all right, the team's back. Maybe I don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Now, I still think I'm with you. I think he thinks he can. Yeah. I think he thinks he can win if he has to, but I don't think he wants to. I think in this moment, for the first time, perhaps all season, they feel like, all right, whatever the end result here, we're in this together. And we talked about the origins of Team Free Will. This is Team Free Will, arguably at its most united Yeah, this episode. I agree. Rejuvenated, right? And isn't it just like a Winchester to be fueled by the loss of another Winchester? I mean, it's right on brand, Chris. It's spot on. Spot on. It's right on brand. I mean, it takes losing a Winchester to, you know, really amp these guys up. And that's just what it is. And you're right. I think they are on a united front now. Um I mean, especially with our next episode, Chris, we'll tease that in a minute. But should we cover some trivia? Because there's some really fun like notes and and, and pieces of trivia yes. here. Um, I did not know about the City of Angels. So great catch on that one. Van Nuys, California. Is it City of Angels? Is that well, what you're it's saying? Los Angeles. It's in Los Angeles. So. Got it. Okay. So therefore, Los Angeles, City of Angels. You know what I mean? It's yes. It because it's part of Los Angeles. Therefore, yep. City of Angels. Love that. That's so. great. Really funny. Uh, the the first one we have here, Chris, is that the title of the episode, it could be a nod to the band Kansas. And I have uh, this album uh, on vinyl, Point of No Return. Now, they spell it differently, Chris, but it could be a fun nod because obviously there's a very famous Kansas song uh, that is associated with Supernatural. So I like to think that uh, maybe this is uh, a nod to the band Kansas. Who It's also an appropriate wrong. title. They're at a point of no return. They have to make a decision. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, in this one, Dean's hotel room is 100. It's the 100th episode of Supernatural. Yep. And we celebrated our 100th episode of podcasts, some podcasts ago, but 100, a big deal for a TV show. So this was a huge one and appropriately big for Supernatural. Uh, number 200 is pretty fun, too, though. Um, the, the, I, I have very good memory of number 200. Um, we'll get there. We will get there. Not yet, but we're getting there. Uh when Dean is packing his possessions, by the way, Dan, he addresses the box to Robert Singer. And really fun. that's a great little nod. Uh, you want to read, though, what Dean's letter says, because I think Dean's letter is really. You talk about Dean's state, Dean's letter that he leaves is really impactful. It is. Yeah. And it's it's you barely see the shot, Chris. And I love when the producers go the extra mile. Right. We talk about. You know, that one episode where uh, forgetting the name of it, Chris, but they uh, Sam gets uh, swapped uh, swap me. I think it's called with the teenager and they they throw a busty Asian beauty magazine in the box, like something they didn't need to take the time to do. But they did it anyway. Um, Apparently, Dean leaves a letter for Sam and Bobby uh, because, you know, on his part, he assumes he's going to say yes. And that'll be the end of of his life. But here's what he wrote in the letter. He wrote Sam and Bobby, given what's about to happen. I'll be surprised if this package ever finds you. But if it does, I want you both to know that what I'm doing isn't about giving up. John taught us better than that. This is about time. We've run out of it. Lefty and Paula and Cicero, where I'm going, we don't need roads. I know you'll look after her for me. Bobby, you've taken more for the team than anyone could ever ask. That makes you an honorary Winchester in my book. Sam, you told me once that you pray every day. Not sure if that's still true. Probably isn't. But if it is... Give it one last try for me. And Sammy, one one Winchester lost to this fight is enough. When it's over 
and then it, it sort of trails off, Chris. You you lose the actual end of the script there. But some interesting things. I actually buy that this is a letter that that team would write. You have a Back to the Future reference in there, which is really fitting. You have yep. the Sammy reference towards the end. No one calls Sam Sammy except for Dean. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it's really impactful and, and kind of sad, actually, that he had to go through the effort and write this letter because ideally he would, you know, say what he wants to them in person like he will do at the end of the series, Chris. Uh, but I thought it was a nice letter. And again, something that the producers didn't have to do, but they did. And it's fun to have that, uh, you know, piece of lore there. Yeah, again, uh, just a solid episode as we do look ahead, because I think that's important. Uh, we are running into the final episodes of this season and of the first era of Supernatural. Mm. And I, I had to take a moment to appreciate that because in a few episodes, we celebrate the end of that and we go into a, a very different Supernatural, many would say. I'm not saying a bad thing, but it is different. And I and, and we have to take that moment to acknowledge it. So um, big, big changes ahead, you know, so it, it's exciting. It is exciting, um, but it's it's sad. So let's let's acknowledge that. What do you think, though, about this next episode? What should everyone be thinking about as you get ready for next week and how ready can you be? Next week is Hammer of the Gods. And this episode, Chris, I thought was brilliant at the time. When I saw it for the first time, I thought, oh, man, they did it, right? Because so far, Arab Krishki has walked the line of religion. I think I've mentioned it before that Jared and Jensen were a little apprehensive at first, Chris, that Kripke would go too far into the, the Christian religion and maybe push some fans away. He really gives it his all in this next one. I have to see if he has a writing credit on it. But we have all of the gods in this episode meeting at a random motel off the highway. And of course, Sam and Dean end up staying in the same exact motel and they're stuck with these guys. And it's a really fun ride. Actually, Sam and Dean don't have a ton to do in this one, Chris. It really is our friend Loki um, uh, who, who actually does a lot of the, the storytelling. So I'm, I'm really excited to rewatch that one. I'm really hoping it like rains. Cause if you remember Chris, the, the episode is shot inside of this motel because it's storming outside and it feels like a really fun last day on earth type of story. Um, very self-contained. I watch this one sometimes just outside of my normal rewatch for the show, just because it is so fun. It's just standalone type of episode. So really looking forward to it. If you haven't seen this one in a while, do us a favor, come back next week and rewatch it with us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I will say I love it. It's I, I love the guest stars in this one, but anytime you got uh, our good friend Loki, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Very, very thrilled. And um, ultimately, uh, we are nearing the end. So it is the 19th episode next week. And just so everyone has the map on that, there is that episode followed by three more. So four episodes to go. And we're done with season five. Uh, just if you're newer to the show and you've happened to jump in in the middle, we will do a recap of this entire season, but I'd still encourage you to go back and obviously listen to the whole thing. You can always jump in and out as long as you've watched the show before to go join us on Reddit, say hi on Twitter. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming your way and uh, we're not done after season five. We are going to continue this all the way through season 15. So please don't take my comment earlier as yeah, we're good. Uh, we're not, we're going to follow this through all the way to literally the end and uh with that note dan i think it is fair to say that that is it for this week but we will be back because after all 
we've got work to do.